0: Ooh, what would we do, baby, without us? Shalala. Hello, and welcome to another very special episode of Alex P. Keaton is My Friend. I'm your friend, Phil Vecchio, and on this episode, we'll be discussing season three, episode 15 of Family Ties. This episode is titled Anti Up. And it was originally aired on the 10th of January, 1985. And with me, as always, to discuss this episode is my very special co-host, Keith. Hey, how you doing, Phil? Good, how you doing? Good. Man, this was a sad episode. It was. It was also a really funny episode, though.
1: It was, it was, but Mallory was not having it.
0: No, 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 she did not like the joking. No, no, no. Not at all. Yeah. But man... Well, I can't, wait to get it. I can't wait to get into it, because we, we got some good stuff to discuss here. Oh, but I'll yeah. just say the garage sale gag <laughs> was one of the best jokes they've had yet in the show. Like, that totally worked, and it played out really well. Yes, it did. Well, before we get into this episode, we have uh, something fun and exciting. Um, we got some listener mail. What? What? Sha-la-la-la! We got mail. We got mail. That's right. Nice. You have not heard this email yet. I, I saw it earlier, so I've read it. But you're, this is fresh for you, right? Fresh, yeah. I'm fresh and excited. So we got an email from Beth, listener to the show, and um, which is very exciting. And before I forget, if you guys would like to write to us, you can send us an email at alexpkeatonismyfriend at gmail.com, which is exactly what Beth did. Nice. Well, thank you, Beth. Yes. Oh, so excited. The title of the email says, not quite caught up yet, but couldn't wait to give my two cents. Hopefully, this won't end up in the too long, don't read pile. Which it would never would, of course. (laughs) No, we'll read it all. (laughs) You can write as much as you want. Yep, always. Every week. We'll break it up across multiple episodes if we need to, you know. Yep, whatever (laughs) we need to do. All right, are you ready for this? I am. I'm excited. So, Beth writes, hey, really enjoying the podcast. You guys are very funny and knowledgeable about the show. Thanks. I'm glad that we are able to uh, convince you of that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're very knowledgeable and funny, and I'm your
1: sidekick. <laughs> it, that's, it, it takes two to tango That's
0: right And waltz But square dancing requires much more So, yeah, right Because you have to, never mind Alright <laughs> And unlike some podcasts about TV shows You are actual fans Yeah, we actually like it yeah. I know there are, there's a trend of podcasts that like hate watch stuff Oh that's And then they talk about how dumb it is Or how much they don't like it That seems like a lot more work I think so, because then you have to like watch something you don't like. Well, I mean,
1: I do have to say that you know when we first started doing it, well, when you first brought me in, I wasn't a huge Family Ties fan. Uh, I honestly grew up with it as a kid, but it wasn't one of the, my favorite shows. It wasn't like a can't miss an episode kind of show, but uh, I have grown to love it more and more each week.
0: Well, and see, that's that's cool because we have two different perspectives. Me having watched through the show multiple times and having loved it since I was a kid. So we have a different angle that we come at. But I can't imagine doing it if you just hated it.
1: Yeah, that seems like way too much work. I don't want to do that.
0: Yeah. Why do something that you hate? I don't know. I guess if people want to listen, but still. (laughs) (laughs) No, thank you. Yeah. Um, she says I get that there are parts of the show that don't age well and that a thorough discussion is going to include some criticism but you don't unnecessarily bash the characters actors writers or producers yeah yeah well, right. times were different
1: in the 80s so I mean you know hopefully everybody grows and, and evolves and changes as uh, time goes by so
0: yeah and it's fun to observe how different things are now like it's crazy how different it was because that's within our lifetime you know but yes yeah, again, I don't see the point in just being super negative, so. No, that's not what that's not what we're about. That's right. We're about mild criticism. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so then uh, she goes on and says, You were talking about when Michael J. Fox was shooting both Back to the Future and Family Ties at the same time. And I recall from an interview he gave that the overlap period was a couple of months. He shot Family Ties from 10 to 6 p.m. and then back to the future until 2.30 a.m. Apparently, he would fall asleep in the car on the way home and his driver would carry him to his bed just so he could get a little more sleep. Oh, my gosh. Dang. That's That's crazy. That's an intense schedule. Yes, it is. So, basically, 10 to
1: 2.30 every single day. Oh,
0: for a couple of months. Yes. When we were in college, Janelle and I worked on... Uh, a few different, you know, student films together, but the big one that we did that was wasn't quite feature length, but it was like the longest one. Most of the stuff we did were shorts. Mm-hmm. We did um, a, about a month long shoot where we did most of it was night shoots. So we would start like our day would start at around like seven p.m. and then we'd finish up at sunrise. Oh, and that was rough. our schedule through the whole like we did like in January like the interterm session. Okay. At college um and it was crazy like we go get we'd we'd wake up and go to dinner with our friends that weren't in the class and then they'd all go to bed and we'd all go start filming you know. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and then we go have brutal. breakfast at the end and then go to bed <laughs>
1: <laughs> at least you weren't trying to do classes at the same time then
0: oh yeah it, it was during this time that was just you have you can take one class during that interterm session so that was oh, it. okay
1: that's, that's but odd. uh
0: yeah night film shoots are rough, and that was yeah. like a student film, so I can only imagine what he was going through that's crazy oh yeah incidentally, the movie we made um not that great after all that so oh really <laughs> what was it about it's, it was a student film, so Janelle and I and like Janelle was The way that it was structured is you did like a semester of pre-production, you know, the writing and the planning and the casting and all that. Then during the interterm period, you did the actual shooting of the thing. And then the next semester, the spring semester, was all um, the post-production editing and et cetera, et cetera. So during the pre-production, Janelle and I did casting and had nothing to do with the story itself, (laughs) um, which is... I hold to that you know I mean whatever it was a student film but it's pretty cheesy the premise of it was that there was this uh it was at a high school and there was a car accident and one of the kids like there was a a car accident on a foggy night there's a big semi truck like bearing down on the car crash after it happened and one of the kids got up and flagged down the truck and stopped it before it like crashed in and killed everybody But then he died, like, in the act of doing that because of his injuries. Oh, wow. So he sacrificed. He sacrificed himself. And so the story follows this girl who's writing an article for the high school newspaper about it. And it turns out that the kid was a Christian and his faith helped him to, like, get that final push to save everyone. And the school wouldn't publish the article because it talked about his faith
1: oh
0: that's the whole that's it that's the whole story interesting (laughs) premise it's about the movie's about as interesting as that premise but uh, however i do have a quick acting cameo in it oh i got one line in it and it is out there on the internet so if someone was enterprising they could look it up and find me (laughs) Um, do you remember your one line Oh, I do. I play a coroner's assistant at the uh, at the coroner's office, and I say, "G.S.W. Paperworks on your desk." G.S.W. Huh? Gunshot, Gunshot wound.
1: wound. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's it.
1: Well, and that one may not uh, that that death probably didn't uh, have anything to do with uh, the other situation.
0: No, no, it was just she was doing an interview at the coroner's office, and I came in and said that. So nice.
1: Through the paperwork down and walked away.
0: Yep. Nice. Right. <laughs> All right. So, anyway, that's my huge detour back to the letter. Perfect. She uh, says, One of the things I love about Michael J. Fox is that even though Back to the Future was very successful and he continued to do movies, he always went back to family ties. I think that loyalty shows his own character and how much he liked doing family ties. I can think of many an actor who left a popular TV show to try to do movies and then a few years later are back on a different TV show, but I can't think of anyone who starred in a movie that hit number one at the box office halfway through their TV show's seven year run and still never missed an episode. Even though Fox emerged as the main character, even before Back to the Future, he never asked for top billing. The opening credits ran as they always did, parents, then kids, from oldest to youngest. Yep. Yeah. Michael J. Fox seems to be like a really cool dude in real life. Yes. And it seems like he's pretty humble. Absolutely. And it seems like he always has been. He's just always struck me as a cool guy. Yeah. Well, maybe someday
1: he'll come on our podcast... And we'll get a chance to ask him all of our questions.
0: Someday. That That is the dream. Oof. Man. I mean, I don't know if I'd even be able to, like, speak or move, but... I know. I know. We'd have to do it over Zoom, so
1: at least we had a fighting chance, because if That's we're in right. the same room, no, done. No,
0: Right. And I could wear pajama pants, so yeah. Well, you there know. you go. <laughs> Double benefit there.
1: <laughs> that is a win-win.
0: <laughs> I mean, if I always wanted to interview him, but I really always wanted to interview him while wearing Nintendo pajamas. <laughs> so um, <laughs> that's a very
1: specific goal, but uh, you know, hopefully it someday you, you know, can make it happen.
0: You gotta aim, shoot for the stars, right? <laughs> <laughs>
1: yes. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right, back to best letter here. Um, it says, "I think you commented on Meredith Baxter's absence due to her pregnancy." Yeah, we've we've definitely discussed this quite a bit, and how much we miss her, and how much we miss her. Yes, how much that she adds to the show, and it she, her presence is missed, mm-hmm. um, especially in tonight's episode, which we'll get to in a little oh, yeah. bit. <laughs> Um, And we wondered whether the rest of the cast was in all of the episodes. While the original five, the main family members, are all credited with 172 episodes, if you look at their individual IMDb pages, there are about eight episodes that list Meredith Baxter as credit only. And there's one for Michael Gross where he's listed as credit only. So they still list them in the show because they're the main cast members, but they weren't actually on the episodes. Interesting. So only one for him. But eight for her means we're
1: gotta be getting pretty close.
0: Yeah, because we've already done quite a few. So and then it's there's coming. a couple like where she, you know, pops in and out. I, just a little bit, like a cameo. And I mean, all of them have that. There's a lot of Jennifer episodes where she's got one or two lines. Yeah, but she's there. That's what matters. That's right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> when you're not here, we miss you. Sha la la la.
0: And anyway, she wraps up. She says, anyway, sorry for the long email. Thanks for keeping us entertained. Beth, don't apologize for long email. We love any length of email. Yes. And we love your insight. So thank you very much. That's right. Yes. Thank you so much for writing. We um, hope to hear from you again soon. Yes. And once again, if anyone would like to write to us um, and we'll read your email, you can write us at alexbkeatonismyfriend at gmail.com. So, Phil, what would you do, though, if you didn't have an email? How could you contact us? Well, there are a few methods that you could use. One of which is to go to our Facebook page and send us a message there. Alex P. Keaton is my friend. It's easy to find. Um, That's an easy place. Or you could go to our website, which is alexpkeatonismyfriend.com, and you could use the contact form there. Perfect. And then what's our last way? Carrier pigeon? Yes, carrier pigeon. I'm, <laughs> I'm awaiting one of those. That would be good. Um, I'm going to send
1: you a carrier pigeon for your birthday. <laughs>
0: that would be fantastic. You know, I've been thinking of getting a telegraph line installed, too, so if anyone wants to use more code. Um, <laughs> sure. I'll let you know my call sign. I don't know how you get a hold of people with that. But I'll figure <laughs> that fair. out. We can talk about that. Yeah. And my brother has a ham radio, but he's in Texas, but I'm sure we could arrange for that as well. So.
1: Oh, man. I don't want you to have to ham it up.
0: Oh, that was, <laughs> was a terrible. bacon joke. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that was terrible. I pork give you.
1: Oh, you. <laughs> <laughs> I like that you kept
0: it going. <laughs> I, I can't help myself. Well, yes. Thank you, Beth. Thank you for writing, and um, that's exciting. And I think now it's time to get to this episode. Well, we should probably tell her,
1: too, that uh, don't go too fast to get caught up, because you are getting ready for your big summer
0: vacation. This is true. This is an important announcement. Um, we kind of like been talking about it as it leads up to this, but this is going to be um, the final episode before our brief hiatus. I'm going to be gone for a few weeks, so we'll be back again um, in August. Uh, August?! I know. Well, I'm we're back kid. at the very end of July, but by the time you and I connect and we record and I post it, it'll be beginning of August. So. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah.
1: Oh, I forgot to tell you, I've got a vacation scheduled for never.
0: Oh, oh. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, we're done. I'm done with vacation. Well, well,
0: there's always another one around the corner, right? I hope so. I hope so. Yeah, I too. Well, ours is coming up very quickly. By the time this posts... I may be, like, posting this as we run out the door on to go on the vacation. Janelle nice. will be like, Phil, we got to go. And I'll be like, hold on, <laughs> it's processing. I'm uploading right now. <laughs> that often happens. So. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Janelle likes to tell that when uh, she was giving birth to our child, our first child, that... She was ready to go to the hospital, and then I said, hold on, I just got to post this comic real quick when I was doing my web comics, I don't remember that specifically, but she claims that I did that, so. Well, that might be a gentle embellishment. It might be, but the point is I'm dedicated to the creative craft here, so.
1: See, and that's, that's what matters. That's right.
0: <laughs> that's what I keep telling her. <laughs> yeah.
1: Someday it's going to pay off. You that's just don't know when.
0: That's right. Well... This week's paid off with a nice letter, so I'm happy hey,
1: with that. I know, that's awesome. Well, I don't know how you're going to transition into Aunt Trudy from that, but uh, yeah, go for it.
0: <laughs> Speaking of having something and then losing it again, I don't know. <laughs> oh, We lost a freeze frame, too. I'll tell you, this episode, though, that we're about to talk about definitely changes your expectations just like we changed the expectations of the flow of our episode right now so oh, i think it fits oh wow yeah you, you got a hard right turn in that
1: one la la la
0: well i think it's your turn to tell us about this episode isn't it yes it is yes. and i will
1: gladly do it So we open in the living room, and everybody, all the Keatons, are getting ready for a garage sale or a yard sale. I think the signs all said garage, but then they called it a yard sale the whole time. Which, P.S., why would you ever want a garage sale where people would go into your garage?
0: I don't know. I've always called it, like, when my family's done, it's always been yard sale. Yeah. I don't know.
1: Yeah, we always kind of put the stuff out in the yard, and now, like, we try to avoid them at all costs. Heidi always Mm -hmm. wants to do one and I'm like, no, we live in a terrible area for a yard sale and they're horrible and you make like $30. Yeah,
0: I've I've gone through phases in my life where sometimes I really want to do it and get rid of stuff. Other times I feel like just tossing it out. It's hard because I have a hard time getting rid of something without getting value out of it. But then, like you said, it's a lot of work to earn $30 for the day. (laughs) And, you
1: know, is your time worth more than $30 for all the time that you spent collecting it and putting it out and pricing it? Whatever yeah. else you might do, no, it's not worth it.
0: <laughs> now, some people might call it a rummage sale. Oh, okay. Have you ever heard? Do you know what they call them in in Great Britain? No, England. No. At least uh, some of them are called a boot sale. Isn't that and like your trunk? It's like your trunk, and they like pull up. They like, have like you know the community or whatever, and you have your stuff in your trunk, and they'll pull up almost like a. Like a swap meet kind of thing, but it's all everybody's trunks all around in a parking lot. And you go around and they sell stuff out of their trunks. Huh. I know this because I watch British TV sometimes. That's all. Nice.
1: <laughs> well, the only thing that I can even equate that to would have been Portobello Road from Bedknobs and Broomsticks.
0: It's just like that. Portobello right? Road. Yeah. That's Except great. Great I don't move. think they had cars in that one, did they?
1: No. They, uh, they were carless. They were like carts. They had carts. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And some of the things that the kids were eating
1: looked so delicious. And I was like, man, I really want some of those things. You want to go to Portobello Road. I do. It's uh, a place where a chap can unload anything and everything.
0: I wasn't allowed to watch that movie for a while as a kid. Oh, because of witchcraft? Because of magic and stuff, yeah. You see, I would have thought that the Angela Lansbury would have kind of brought that one back around. Well, it did. My parents actually, like, conflicted about it because my mom liked it and my dad didn't. And eventually... Oh, you know, we were Nine able one. to watch it. Yeah. yeah.
1: That was, that one in Babes in Toyland are probably two of the movies, or in Pollyanna, are probably the three movies I've seen more times than any other movie because we had them on VHS and we oh, yeah. watch them over and over and over and over again. Babes in Toyland doesn't age well.
0: No? <laughs> no, it's really boring. I mean, I don't. I remember probably watching it once, but since I don't remember anything about it, that's probably testament to that fact. Yeah,
1: well, Frankie and Annette.
0: Isn't uh there was a remake that had uh, Keanu Reeves in it, I feel like. Oh, what? I'm sure I remember that existing. Oh, we'll have to check that out, because I don't know anything about that. Yeah, I think that, unless that's like a fever dream I had, I'm pretty sure that's real.
1: Is it uh, John Wick 4, Babes in Toyland? Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, that's the that movie had Ed Wynn in it.
0: Yes, that's right. Who was also
1: uh, in Mary Poppins. Yep. Oh, he's the best. I love that guy. Anyways, so to go back to the yard sale that everybody's <laughs> preparing. Mallory's gone, she's out with Aunt Trudy, and Alex is taking the opportunity to clean out all of her closet. So that way he can get rid of all of her stuff. <laughs> help, kind She's of happy
0: to make a sacrifice,
1: right? Help her leave the nest. So apparently, if she has no clothes, then she can't uh, can't stay. <laughs> well, anyways, Mallory and Trudy come back, and uh, they went to go see a production of Swan Lake, and uh, Alex and Stephen kind of mock it a little bit, and they talk about feathers in their teeth, and uh, then there was kind of a weird, like you know, they were speaking like they were from England, and uh, Trudy and Mal, and so. <laughs>
0: Yeah, her accent was kind of all over the place there. <laughs>
1: yes. And we got Skippy in this episode. So much good Skippy. <laughs> oh, so many fun I I think Skippy was probably 75% of the overall jokes. Whether he oh, yeah. was the butt he- of them or or the one uh, laying them out. But he's always a highlight of the episodes. Yeah. Showed up with a moose head, except I think it was a deer head, not a moose head. Definitely not a moose. It could have been an
0: elk elk (laughs) or a deer, but it was not a moose. No, definitely not a moose, but
1: (laughs) (laughs) it's got ties all over it. So Skippy shows up, and then uh, he ends up talking to Mallory and Aunt Trudy, and you can really see that uh, Trudy and Mallory really have a really close relationship. So I'm sure um, before I stepped in and joined you in season two, she must have been all over season one. Uh, just you know this what? Relationship is so close.
0: This is this may come as a shock to you, but this is the first time we've ever met Aunt Trudy. What?
1: Oh man! Well,
0: I know, shocking.
1: I guess they call them actors for a reason. That's right. So Aunt Trudy ends up telling Skippy and Mallory a big secret about Alex. <laughs> she got Alex to do a tap dance class, and he was terrible. So there's no surprise there. And so no. she makes the the kids promise that uh, they won't tell Alex because she had promised him that she would never tell anybody else that he did the class. So <laughs> thankfully, Alex comes clean with Mallory later on in the episode when they're just thinking, you know, good thoughts about Aunt Trudy and kind of reminiscing on her. That's but, right. Um, So they end up talking to Aunt Trudy, and then Aunt Trudy gets a pain. And she's like, man, i got to sit down. So they get her to sit down, and then she goes, I think I need to go sit down at the hospital. So flash forward, Skippy and Mallory are at the hospital, and it's been a while. They can't get a hold of a doctor. The nurses don't hardly want to talk to them. And that's when we find out how small a town it is. Because they have three gunshot wounds, and somebody (laughs) who swallowed a can of paint and... What was the last one? Do you remember? A couple of
0: pregnant women.
1: Oh, a couple of pregnant women, yeah. (laughs) So I'm like, wow, that's a lot of gunshot wounds in a small town in Ohio. And Skippy's like, no, none of them will do. We want to see a doctor. (laughs) We want the doctor. (laughs) (laughs) I'm with the guy with the paint. (laughs) Uh, So then the rest of the family shows up. Sean's Elise. We find out that she's out of town. Um, And unfortunately, poor Aunt Trudy has passed away. The family gets the bad news. So... It's up to Steven to to plan a a wake and have a funeral. And and so he's kind of planned that. And Mallory and the kids are kind of helping out as much as they can. But it turns out to where it's not going as well as Mallory had hoped because people aren't taking it as serious. And so at the wake, Alex had forgot to cancel the garage sale. And so he had left the ad (laughs) in the paper and people were showing up for the yard sale. And then they were coming in the house because apparently that's what a yard sale or garage sale means now. It's going my house and buy <laughs> stuff.
0: They rang the doorbell for a garage sale. Can you imagine doing that? Yeah,
1: never. Never percent. Even <laughs> if you see it and like you would drive by and you're like, okay, there's nothing out here. I guess we're done. You don't go yep. ring the doorbell. <laughs> I was told there was a yard sale here. <laughs> it did lead to some hilarity. So,
0: Oh, my gosh.
1: <laughs> the first couple, they're sitting there eating sandwiches and stuff. And they're like, wow, you guys really go all out. <laughs>
0: right. uh, I've been to a lot of these, and no one's ever treated us like this before.
1: Right? Well, and then when Stephen's, you know, ushering them in, and he's introducing them to everybody, and they're just like, "Oh, okay, you know, I'm so and so, and this is my wife, so <laughs> and so."
0: They're all dressed real nice, you know, for the yeah, funeral. Yeah, who
1: wears suits to go to a yard sale on a Saturday? <laughs> so we flash over to the uh, the actual funeral itself, and the pastor is one of those guys that you know didn't really have a lot of time to get to know Aunt Trudy or. To, to know anything about her and Mallory takes it very hard and as the pastor's giving the uh, the eulogy and the funeral at the funeral itself and you know he's using the wrong name and he doesn't know what she did for a living or what her passions were and Mallory just can't take it anymore. She stands up and as she's sobbing and through tears, gives this impassioned plea about how everybody's just in a hurry to want to go home and how they didn't really love her and she's lost out on her best friend and she doesn't know how she's going to go forward and then she storms out and so it's left for alex and steven and jennifer to kind of you know be at the funeral and deal with all the people that came and and so we end up going back to the keaton kitchen and alex walks in and he and mallory exchange you know a moment and you know they have that reminiscing time about Aunt Trudy and then he gives her a hug and leaves and then Jen and Stephen walk in and they talk to her for a minute and then Jen leaves and then it's up to to Stephen to kind of bring her home and just uh you know give her some comfort give her some peace of mind and tell her you know you can't you can't let go if but you you know hopefully when you're done crying you'll be able to uh, remember some good things about her and then the episode ends that's it Yeah. No freeze frame. You still see the
0: tear roll down Mallory's cheek at the very end. And she did. I mean, to her credit, that was a really impressive performance.
1: It was amazing. For a
0: sitcom especially. Like,
1: it was really, really good. Yes. Very serious. I teared up. I already told you this, but
0: I teared up at the end. I was like, oh, man, you know, I feel like Aunt Trudy, you know, Whoop. It's very impressive because it's not a character that she's, I mean, in real life we know, she hasn't acted with this actress before. This is not like a mm-hmm. ongoing character where it would be easy to feel those emotions. Like, that's all just acting. Yeah. It was really good. Yeah, she did a great job. It was a really interesting take, the way that Steven comforted her, and uh, their approach to handling death and the afterlife and whatnot. It was uh, yes, interesting. I'm sure you probably made note of this as well, but... Uh, Steven's take on, you know, where Aunt Trudy is and stuff. Well, first he said, I think funeral. she's back at the funeral home. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and he was just like, well, you know, I feel like, you know, she's probably still over at the funeral home. And Mallory's <laughs> <Right>. like, no. <laughs> where she is.
0: Um, but he had a very, uh, let's see, I think the word is deist would be the approach. Where he okay. believes in a God, a higher spirit. But a non specific power of some sort, you know.
1: Right. Well, and he envisions God as kind of being like Cary Grant. And right. then he got to do a bad accent.
0: <laughs> a Cary Grant accent, yeah, which is pretty <laughs>
1: funny. <laughs> yes. But she's probably somewhere green and listening to music, and
0: okay, that's interesting. A field, maybe an outdoor concert. Oh, there some, you go. Like,
1: yeah, it was definitely a, a unique approach when Mallory was asking him, you know, do you believe in God? And he's like, well, yeah. And then it kind of turned into, like,
0: you know, I believe that there's a higher power. and Yeah, I was wondering, like, as it was approaching, how are they going to handle this? What are we going to do with this here?
1: Yeah. So. Because this would definitely be an Elise episode where Elise would step in and give the comfort. And he right. even mentions it. Like, the writers knew... That because she wasn't there and they were going to still tackle this with Steven that they they even made a joke about, you know, well, this is kind of your mom's area. She handles this and this and the plumbing. Oh, my
0: gosh. I love that. (laughs) He said when you're together for a long time, you divide up big emotional responsibilities. Your mother handles funerals. First dates and plumbing. I handle colds and flus, <laughs> open school nights and office supplies. <laughs> <laughs> the office supplies is
1: where I started laughing. I know.
0: <laughs> it's ugh. true though, like I I hate going to funerals and weddings. Like those yeah. those are not my favorite types of things to do. And not because I don't like the people. I just I don't wanna dress up nice. There's a lot of unnecessary small talk. It's, yeah. Ugh. And it's
1: never it. worth it for the chicken dinner.
0: No, no. it's. I would much rather go get a hamburger at McDonald's or anything else than have to, even if it is a nice dinner. I don't want it. Not yeah. worth it. No. Oh, well, they just go on so long. Oh. Yeah. And it's, happy or sad, they're both equally uncomfortable for me. <laughs> yeah. We're at the point now in our lives, Heidi
1: and I, that our friends have kids that are getting married. And I'm like, oh, I hate us oh. so
0: much. Yeah, because you go through that cycle like when all your friends your age are getting married and you have to go to a ton of weddings. Oh, yeah. And it's, it's pretty quiet right now, although there's a few cousin weddings here and there, you know. Right. But yeah, I can see that next wave there. Oh, right it's on the, the horizon. Quarter.
1: And then I feel like after that, it's all downhill because, yeah. you know, your friend's kids and then your kids and oh. then then your friend, your kid's friends. And then you got to go to those weddings too. It never stops. Oh, no. It's the wedding circle of life. <laughs> Just like the ring. That's right. <laughs> it's a symbol of everlasting.
0: Oh, oh really? Again?
1: <laughs> uh, that sounds like I don't love love, but I do love love. No, I do. It's
0: right. I'm not it's not that I'm not happy for people getting married and I'm not yeah. saying that every second of that is miserable, but in general, I'd probably rather stay home than go to a wedding.
1: <laughs> yeah. I think that's probably, mo- well, I don't know. I'd probably well, be wrong there. There are
0: people that love weddings. Like, oh, I yeah. love going to a wedding. Never said that before. <laughs> no, I haven't either. Hmm. And like, yeah. So, I mean, I enjoyed <laughs> our wedding. My wedding that I had was good, but we made it intentionally quick. Because I knew, I'm like, I don't want to make people drag through this. We're going to go, we're going to rock through this thing. It yeah. Was, it was pretty fast. Did you have a big reception and stuff, too? We did, yeah. I mean, there's yeah, well, huge. I think we had like a couple hundred people total. Yeah. Um. So we're you not know, like not bazillions, but you know. Mm-hmm. And they pro- they what I understand is that they partied after we left as well, so it went on longer than that. But we got the business stuff done pretty quickly. Nice. And uh, I felt I felt good about that. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> you moved the business and uh, made that old business.
0: Yep. In the past. That's right. Nice weddings. Yeah, this episode was a roller coaster because it had some of the funniest jokes and then also it was like really emotional and like intense at the end there. So, I liked well, you it. could
1: see like Mallory was super upset with Alex, the yard sale, and everything <laughs> else. You know, anything that wasn't, you know, she had a very specific idea of what she thought the funeral and the wake and everything should kind of look like. And
0: obviously, you know, it wasn't going to be that way. So, the, the other guy that came in for the yard sale that grabbed the lamp and was like gonna make an offer on the lamp and alex is over there finally they like you know get that yard sale people out but he is so emotional about finding out that someone died that he winds up showing up at the funeral <laughs> yeah.
1: i think he was wearing the same outfit too yeah, I, think so. <laughs> I guess the wake was probably at their house and then they, they just went immediately over to the funeral home I guess. I thought you usually had to, you know, do the funeral part first and then you go and have the reception part after.
0: Yeah, but they they called it something different, too, though. It was like a was a it condolence a or... call or something like oh, that.
1: Oh, okay.
0: So uh, some different tradition, I suppose. But that's how I would assume, like you said, you do a funeral and then a reception afterward. That's what I'm used to. Yeah, same. And sometimes you even do a graveside thing in between. Yeah.
1: Well, fun fact, have you ever considered what your uh, funeral is going to look like or what you want?
0: I have, and it's whatever's cheapest. Yeah, I have no <laughs> preference other than I want it to be cheap and nobody to have to spend any extra money on it because I feel like that's a waste. Yep. <laughs> Although I wouldn't mind if someone wanted to have a cool band show up to it. Oh, that'd be cool. What, have you heard about those
1: funerals now Like where they actually will, I, I don't know how they prepare the body but like it's in like it's almost like they treat your body like a wax figure and they kind of prop you up and give you a whole set around you and like there was one guy who did it and he wanted to be like a a lion tamer and so they had a stuffed lion and he's like you know they've got the body position to where he's like trying to tame a lion and I was like what are people doing yeah I I would not be up for
0: any of that stuff for sure no no none for of it that's not me anymore you know (laughs) yeah I'm I'm done with it. I've
1: moved on. Yep. That's some crazy stuff. I'm definitely, I'm with you, you know. I don't want a real, I, I don't really even want a funeral. I told Heidi, you do It makes you happy. You know, if you want to have a funeral for me, do it.
0: I like the idea of, like, you know, having a party, like the awake type of thing. I mean, I don't need it to be a big old thing, but go have mm-hmm. some fun. Play some board games or something. Remember how I used to beat everyone at board games. That'll be a good way to remember (laughs) me, you know. (laughs) I'm fine with that.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that sounds good to me. (laughs) Sha-la-la-la!
0: Well, you Uh, know what else sounds good to me? What? Talking about the myriad of guest stars we had on this episode. So many, including the dentist. Including the dentist. Oh, that was another great gag when the, her dentist comes in. You know, she was a fine woman. She had great teeth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're telling Mallory that he, uh,
1: the pastor invited people up and that guy talked for 30 minutes. <laughs> About her teeth.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, we had so many guest stars here that I'm going to have to do like a rapid fire thing because it lists a lot of people and we got a lot of stuff. So I'm going to do my oh, best. Okay to go through everything as quickly as possible while still hitting the important stuff. Up first, Gertrude Trudy Harris, Aunt Trudy, played by Edith Atwater. Here's an interesting thing right off the bat. This was her final acting credit. She actually died very shortly after this episode aired. Oh, that's weird. Yeah, which is kind of, yeah. That's kind of yucky. It is. Um... (laughs) She had sixty acting credits leading up to this, and this was her final one. It's also her only appearance, obviously, on Family Ties because of that. Um, oh, sure. As Aunt Trudy. Also interesting, though, her name was Aunt Gertrude, Aunt Trudy, right? Mm-hmm. The one of the things she did right before this was she had a recurring role on the Nancy Drew Hardy Boys TV series that was back in the eight in the I guess late seventies. Okay. And she played Aunt Gertrude for really? seven episodes. Yes. Huh? But it was Aunt Gertrude Hardy, uh, so I don't think that if she was supposed to be the same. But two of her final roles were as Aunt Gertrude. <laughs> That's kind of crazy. I want to feel like oh, I loved you on that show, so I want you to be you know Aunt Gertrude on this one too. Yeah. Why? Why change a thing that works already? So. Yeah, I guess <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> um, she also was in um, Alfred Hitchcock's final uh, movie, which was Family Plot. And uh, which is cool, she was in the original version of True Grit. Oh. And finally, she uh, had one appearance on Family, the TV series with Meredith Baxter. Meredith she did it before family: Yes. Games. Next, we have Reverend Wilson played by John Petlock. He was a, He was a peach. <laughs> he was. He was super. John Petlock has 83 acting credits. He's been in a ton of stuff, like a lot of TV shows, Murder, She Wrote, Columbo, Matlock, Perfect Strangers, even The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Mm. Perfect Strangers, though. Ooh, Remington Steele. Remington Steele, all this stuff. But what's fun is, this is his second appearance on Family Ties, but as a mm. different character. He actually, his first episode he was in was the pilot as oh, Mr. Really? Preston Blanton, which I honestly can't remember that far back now what his character would have been well it's five years ago now that's right it's been a long time (laughs) but he was in the pilot um as a different character then he has three more appearances coming up in 86 so like probably next season um as different characters as well so we're gonna see him again um over the next few years they liked him yeah i guess so Hmm. he must have he must have known someone. <laughs> he was married to one of the producers or something. Up next, we have Phyllis, and she was one of the uh, the mourners that came. She came in after they cleared up the the uh, misunderstanding about the yard sale people. She came in with a group of people, and they agreed, oh. oh hi Phyllis, and she brought in some food or something. I don't know if you remember. Yep. Her.
1: She had a crock pot. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, I think Alex had kissed her on the cheek, and then so did Stephen.
0: Yes. So um, she's got thirty two credits. Uh, a number of other shows. One thing I do have to mention is she was in Head of the Class uh, for three episodes, which is the show yeah. that my cousin uh, Tony Odell was in. So nice, he's one of the stars. So that was a little connection there. Is that the
1: next show we're doing after our Family Ties is done in like another eight years?
0: I mean, I think so. It's okay. definitely going to be a while till we get there, but I think that's got to be what we do. Yeah. Either that or Otherworld, his like science fiction one, you know.
1: Yeah, well, that one didn't make it very long, so we could do that one and then. This still is like move a good palate cleanser the in between,
0: right? Yeah, there you go, a little sci-fi show. Actually, incidentally, they just announced uh, pretty recently that they're doing a reboot of Head of the Class. Um, really, which I don't know if he has anything to do with it at this point, but I wouldn't be surprised if he uh, has some sort of an appearance there. So that'd be fun. Huh, that'd be cool. Yeah. So anyway, Enid Kent, who played Phyllis, this is her. Second, no, third, fourth. This is her fourth appearance on Family Ties. Oh, wow. And she actually is on two more coming up. So, what's interesting is she's played Phyllis two other times uh, in no. the episode Have Gun, Will Unravel, and Elisa Arc. But then in Lady Sings the Blues, the one where she plays the music at the coffee shop, she played a different character named Robin. But now she's back to Phyllis again. Huh. And then she's got two more appearances over the next uh, like three years. Um, as two other characters. Interesting. So this is our third and final Phyllis. <laughs> <laughs> but she uh, also had one appearance on Family, the TV show before Family oh, Ties. So nice. a couple of family appearances. All right, I said I was going to do this rapid fire, and I'm not going fast enough, am I? I think you're doing a great job. Okay, thank you. This, this is tough. Yeah. Mr. Cromwell, um, who was one of the, I think he was one of the yard sale people, the first couple that came in. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's in a ton of stuff, 134 credits, lots of TV shows like ER, Beverly Hills 90210, Diagnosis Murder, Falcon Crest, lots of great stuff. He was in two really good movies um, that I have to mention. He was in The Lonely Guy with Steve Martin and Charles Grode. I don't know if you ever saw that one. I don't think I did. Oh, It's so good. It's where they're, they're lonely guys. They're both like single older men, and they're just like, all these tips on how to survive as a single older man, such as getting a pet fern and naming it and talking to it. (laughs) (laughs) They don't recommend getting pets because they die and then you're depressed and you're alone again, so you got to get a plant, (laughs) something that's easier to keep alive, you know? Anyway, it's a great movie. Um, And he was also in Reckless Kelly, which is one of my favorite movies, and it stars Yahoo Sirius. Do you remember him at all? No. He's an Australian star who had a brief moment of stardom in like the 80s he was in young einstein was kind of his biggest hit
1: oh yeah yeah yeah. i remember that
0: yes well reckless kelly was his follow-up to that and it's so bizarre and i love it. it's very like an australian sense of humor where he's like this bulletproof like gunfighter guy who also gets a job in hollywood and i don't know it's bizarre and i love it i'll have to check that out oh it's so good and he's got a talking dog oh well of course Yeah
1: <laughs> i mean you have to have a sidekick you have to that's right I'm the talking dog on this show. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Aww. Well, anyway, Matthew Faison is Mr. Cromwell. This is his first appearance on family ties, but he shows up in two more episodes coming up uh, over the next couple of years. Has oh, wow. different characters, but still sure, more of him. Nice. Now Mrs. Cromwell, so the other his you know other half of Mr. Cromwell of the the yard cell people, played by Bernadette Burkett. She's been in 32 credits. She has 32 acting credits, including Arrested Development and The Gary Shandling Show, amongst a few other things. This is her first of two appearances on Family Ties, again coming up three years later as a different character. Wow, that's cool. They found some people that they like, and they just kept using them over and over again. That's right, and this episode is like a key, you know, linchpin in that whole thing. All right, Man at the Garage Sale. This is the guy who made the offer on the... On the lamp. His name is Alan Blumenfeld, the actor, and he's got 187 acting credits. And he's one of those guys that's been in like everything from movies and TV shows. Like I was trying, I recognized him and I could name like 40 different things I've seen him in. So Mm -hmm. one of those just familiar faces. Some highlights. He was in Fresh Off the Boat, Arrested Development. Heroes, he was a recurring character on Heroes. He was on Diagnosis Murder, Matlock, Gary Shandling Show, Remington Steele. He also was in The Ring, the scary movie The Ring. Oh, yeah, never would have watched it. Oh, it's really good if you like scary movies. Nope. He was in Inner Space. Do you remember that okay. with Martin Short yeah. where they shrink down? Yeah. Um, War Games. I mean, he's all over the place. Nice. Matthew Broderick, that was a good movie. Very diverse acting career again. But... So this is his second appearance on Family Ties of 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7. Oh, wow. He's a recurring, and eventually, like, it's different characters for a while, but he does get a recurring role for, like, three of them. Oh, interesting. Yeah. But that's not for a couple years, so. Right. We'll, we'll see that when we get there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's it's going to be, uh, what's his guts? Uh, Nick's dad.
0: It could be. George. <laughs> he, he comes back as George. And I will call him George.
1: Sha la la la.
0: All right, we have a few more here. All right. Uh, We have the nurse, and I don't know. I'm pretty sure it must be the nurse that had a line, although there was no picture of the actress. But I'm assuming the nurse that had a line, not the one that kept ignoring people. (laughs) (laughs) Skippy pops up.
1: We already had that conversation.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So this is an interesting one, Uh, played by Denise Damico. And she has three acting credits, no other inter- anything at all, just three acting credits. Um, she did this role in Family Ties. She had Roseanne, she was on an episode, and she was on an old number 587, The Great Train Robbery.
1: Oh, sure. I mean, so I, that's it. That's a classic. <laughs> old number 587.
0: This is her first of four appearances on Family Ties. Oh, wow. All as different characters, of course. But okay. Still.
1: Over the next couple of years?
0: Yes, 85, 88, and 89. So she's around for a while. Yeah, she is. All right, we have... I don't know if you can handle this. we got two more. I'm in. We're we're trudging through here, but this is good stuff.
1: I can't wait to get to the dentist, because that's the one where I feel like uh, we've seen him before. He looked
0: really familiar to me. Okay. Stu Devin was the name of the character. I think that is the dentist, isn't it? I feel like that was. Yeah, it sounds familiar. Yeah, he introduced himself. I'm Stu Devin. I was her dentist, right? Yep. Played by Richard Stahl. This is another person who's got 120 acting credits all over the place. Diagnosis, murder, night court. Um, he was in All in the Family, Columbo, oh. you know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. This is his only appearance on Family Ties, though. What? So, I don't know. Maybe you recognize him from other stuff. He was in High Anxiety, the Mel Brooks like uh, spoof of Alfred Hitchcock movies. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was Dr. Baxter, so maybe you recognize him from that. I don't know. I never saw it. He was also in Beware the Blob, the 1970s oh. Blob sequel. Familiar okay. familiar with this?
1: I like those old, like, B-movies. Oh, I love
0: them. The original
1: Blob messed me up because, you know, it came out of the drain and was getting people, and I was like, yeah. oh... We only had showers at my house, you know, like tub, to, tub showers, and so I always expect The Blob to come out, and I was like, yeah, I would never turn my back on it.
0: <laughs> because of The Blob.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, not forever, obviously, but... Well, good.
0: Yeah. <laughs> no, I love those old B-movies, and uh, it's funny, my dad had a similar thing. He saw a preview when he was a kid of The Crawling Hand... Which is, Mm. like, there's a hand that's, like, just crawls around and it's by itself. And he, like, gave him the worst nightmares. He was so terrified of it, like, his whole life. And I have a copy of it. Like, it's one of those, like, super cheesy, like, you watch and laugh at it movies from back then. Right. But But as a kid. As a kid. Like, especially back then, you know, in the early 60s. Like, that totally freaked him out. So Oh, I can see where that'd mess you up. But here's the fun thing about this one. Beware the Blob um i it's kind of legendary and this is weird but in like christian music circles um because there's a scene in it where there's like these hippies playing guitar and i'm pretty sure they all get eaten or blobbed or whatever right (laughs) but they're (laughs) all sitting around and playing and singing and the two two of the main musicians in it are these like christian music legends larry norman and randy stonehill who were part of, like, the early, like, Jesus music movement. Huh. And they are in this scene. And so, like, everyone in the Christian music world knows about this particular bad B-movie because of them in it. Huh. Well, that's cool. He popped up. So there you go, random. I like it. And finally, we have The Doctor, um, played by Stan Roth. He only has 13 credits to his name. Not a ton of stuff. A few TV shows like Empty Nest and The Golden Girls. Um, he did one episode of Airwolf, Ooh. which um, I have to mention because um, some friends of, well, at least friends of mine, I, I guess you probably don't know them directly, but uh, Champa and Klein, who are podcast pals, they are involved with a show called The Airwolf Years, and uh, they go and watch Airwolf and do episode by episode. So I'll nice. have you a shout out to the Airwolf Years guys there. because Do love Airwolf. That's a great show. It's, I mean, it's it's basically
1: like helicopter Night Rider, right? Yes. And I love when it would go fast. Yeah. It would just speed up the, the frame. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> They do a fun show. If you're interested in Airwolf, uh, I, I suggest you check them out, the Airwolf years. Sweet. Yeah, well, check that out. So, this is Stan Roth's only appearance on Family Ties as the Aww. Doctor. That's it. All right. That's it. Well, shoot. Whew, and that brings us to the end of the guest stars. It was like a monumental yeah,
1: there was quite time. a few. I mean, I don't think we've had that many since uh, they were running the board in uh, the, what do you call those places?
0: Oh, the, uh, uh, bed, the and, bed and Breakfast, yeah. Bed and Breakfast, yeah. Thank you. sha la la Well, what about funny jokes? Well, there were quite a few. I mean, there was, again, this one was really funny um, in spite of the serious content of it. Um, mm-hmm. Let's see. One that I wrote down, just like up in the beginning of it, or Alex and, and Stephen are waiting around for Mallory and Aunt Gertrude to get back. Alex is like, why was taking them so long? And Stephen says, Aunt Gertrude is a lot like Mallory, you know. And Alex says, well, then there's no chance they'll find their way home. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, they walk in and
1: Mallory goes, oh, we got lost. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's has got to stink when you can't remember where you live.
0: Uh, I liked when Skippy was reminiscing about Aunt Gertrude, Aunt Trudy. And he said, remember when we used to play hide-and-seek when she'd come over? And and she, and Mallory's like, yeah. And he's like, no one else would look for me.
1: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's so sad.
0: <laughs> poor, poor Skippy. I guess the other thing that I just, I, I had to mention this. I don't know, I guess it's not really a joke, but I don't know where else to fit it in, so I gotta bring this up. There's a part when they're handing out sandwiches to people. And they figure out that the, the family's there for the garage. The couple's there for the garage sale mm-hmm. and not for the funeral. And so Stephen's, like, ushering them off. And he actually takes the sandwich away from the guy and hands it to Jennifer. Yes. And then Jennifer, like, handles it. And she kind of flubs it. And it, like, she tries to catch it. And it flies out of her hand and lands on the ground. And as Stephen's, like, walking away, you can see her, like, wiping a sandwich off of her hands because she made a mess. But they kept the take because everything else went well, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Well,
1: and Stephen had to have started. Stepped on it because I mean you know he wasn't like looking down. I noticed that too, and I made I made mention of that. Well, I made Jennifer drop the sandwich. That was awesome, and then she's all dusting her hands off. Yeah, she's all <laughs> gross. I got mayo on me. So, how about you? Any uh, funny jokes or anything? But the moose head was probably my favorite uh, gag. Yeah. You know, yeah, like oh, you getting rid of the moose head? And he goes, no, just to help me carry the ties. Yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> that's you know obviously what you would do, or when. Uh, um, Mallory is talking to aunt Trudy and she's like, Oh, let me show you a couple of my dance moves. And then the door opens and <laughs> yeah. she dances right out, by, right behind Skippy. <laughs>
0: oh, that was hilarious. And he goes, yeah. Oh, where'd Mallory going? And Trudy goes, Oh, she just stepped, she just out. stepped out. And then he, when she knocks, he <laughs> opens it up and goes, Oh, Mallory, we were just talking about you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that one was awesome. Yes. Um, And then the one that I marked down that uh, I thought was kind of funny, but it was a little bit on the darker side... Is when they had just finished the viewing or whatever it was at the house or, you know, the little reception style thing. Right. And they go to the funeral parlor and, you know, Alex walks up to the casket and he goes, well, this must be the place. And he's tapping <laughs> and on he the casket.
0: The <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. And oh. Mallory's upset and Steve's like, oh, you know, people mourn in different ways or whatever. But, <laughs> <Yeah>. oh, Alex.
1: <laughs> oh, I cracked up hard on that part.
0: Was there a moral to this episode?
1: Yes. I thought that when Steven said, you know, you got to hold on to the ones that you love, even if it's just your memories and it's okay to not let go. It was a beautiful moment, beautiful and poignant.
0: What about you? So much like the episode that started out really funny and had funny all throughout, but then like twists it into like something super serious. I have a super serious moral at the end of this episode. Oh, Um, nice. Because Stephen says something really interesting when she asked, when Mallory's asking him, like, about where is Aunt Trudy, and he's talking about his beliefs, you know, she Mm -hmm. said, she asked him, like, do you believe in God? And he said, you know, I don't really talk about this much, but I do. And then he goes on to explain his, you know, how he thinks there's a higher power and blah, blah, blah. And so my moral for the story is that in the end, like, his comforting of Mallory felt very although i think he was trying hard it felt very not comforting he wasn't he wasn't able to really express it and she felt very lost in this moment and he was trying to like explain all this stuff and i guess my my moral for it would be have those conversations if you have kids have those conversations with your kids beforehand yeah. and talk about spirituality with them because when you're in a situation like this like knowing you know what to believe and and where your family stands and that kind of thing. Like that's, it's a lot easier I think to to know that ahead of time and have confidence in that than just to spring it on someone in a, a time of struggle. And Stephen said he doesn't talk about that ever. Yeah, I, I think that's a gap there in the and otherwise pretty good parenting. You know. Yeah,
1: they're definitely solid parents, and so for them not to have had these conversations, especially because the kids are old enough. Where you know, like I just think about like my kids. You know, Aiden's nineteen, Griffin's fifteen. We've had those kinds of conversations, but, you know, obviously we have different beliefs than Stephen does, and the kids right. go to church with us, and they they know kind of where we stand on all that, too. So,
0: and obviously the same for you. Exactly. Anyway, like I said, I had to take it serious for a moment, but if Elise was there, she probably would have done a lot better job. That's all I'm saying.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, that's 100% uh, her Stephen uh, needed Elise shine. there.
0: <laughs> I can't believe that Elise is gone again out of town they never specified where once again after having been bedridden like months earlier <laughs> right. now she's like just traveling around no one knows where she's at <laughs> i don't know i think you,
1: you would think that a family member's death you know she would kind of come home for that right
0: like, oh and no other family showed up either like this was steven's aunt but his parents or whoever like no one else came yeah.
1: no cousins
0: or anything that they mentioned nope no siblings I, although do we know if they have siblings
1: Stephen uh,
0: Well, Elise does because remember Tom oh, Hanks. Tom Hanks. But I can't remember about Stephen. I don't know if we've met mm. any of his or not. But we did meet his parents, though. Oh, he had really? a big fight with his dad, remember? He had a big a lot of dad issues. Oh. Anyway.
1: Yeah, I don't remember that. Been too long. <laughs> I know. That's what happens.
0: Sha la la la.
1: I did want to bring up one more thing, and it was about fashion. So Mallory's uh, funeral attire was, like, perfect. And I was like, man, that actually looks good. Like, you could wear what she was wearing to that funeral then, now. And I think it would still be uh, popular and (laughs) (laughs) fashionista-ish. And then the other thing is, what was on Skippy's shirt? Was that, like, pickles or potatoes or something? Did you notice his shirt?
0: I, I didn't even notice it, no. I kept trying
1: to figure it out, but it was just like fuzzy enough to where you couldn't tell. But in my brain, I think I ended up with he's got literally potatoes on his shirt.
0: (laughs) I mean, that's the perfect shirt for Skippy. It would be. I mean, he is a spud. And who else is going to the store shopping and sees a potato shirt and goes, "Yeah, that's the one I want." (laughs) That's Skippy one. Right there. Yep, that's Skippy. That's funny. The thing uh, I thought you were going to mention, because the one fashion thing I noticed in this episode was, well, I noticed Mallory was like very like stylish and all black. But then to contrast, like Jennifer was wearing like overalls to the funeral oh, with like I didn't plaid. even notice. it was like a plaid, like blue shirt and overalls. Oh,
1: I did notice because when she came back home after the funeral, I was like, wait, she wore
0: that to the funeral. And Stephen had like a you know suit coat or whatever, and a boutonniere, and Mallory's all in black, and Jennifer got away with wearing overalls, which, I mean, as the younger kid, you know, you're gonna get away with not dressing up if you don't have to, I guess, but yeah, I thought that was a funny choice for funeral garb. And I think it's kind of funny, because I think they want us as
1: an audience to, like, see her more as a littler kid. And she's not anymore. I mean, I'm sure yeah. I think she's getting older faster than what the, the show sequencing is. Yeah. But um, I think they're trying to throw in like those kind of subtle reminders like, oh, you know, she's not very old. Which is why
0: we've got a new Keaton on the horizon. <laughs> right. Eventually. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Well, that's good. Good fashion, fashion tips there. Well, thank
1: you. I, I just saw that and I knew I had to bring it up because I'm still curious what is on his
0: shirt. We may never know. Well,
1: I'm pretty sure we won't.
0: <laughs> well, I think that brings us to the end of this episode here. I just have to say a big thank you again to Beth uh, for writing in. Yes, thank you, Beth. Don't forget, Alex B. Keaton is my friend at gmail.com. Interact with us on Facebook and you know someday on Twitter. That would be fantastic. until the end of the year to figure it out. So that's right. We're like halfway through the year now, so you got you got plenty uh, of time. No, I still have six more months. Yeah. I'm going on a three week vacation. Maybe you can figure it out during then. You know,
1: perfect. I just need you to send me the username and password.
0: Well, I have to talk to my wife about that because I have no idea. Oh, perfect. All right. Well, you know, details. <laughs> <laughs> well, that does remind me that don't forget, um, we are going to go on a brief hiatus while I'm uh, you know vacationing and stuff. But we'll be back again soon. So don't worry. We're not going anywhere. But you can still send in your letters. We'll we'll be banking them until the next episode. So don't worry about that. I'm already looking forward to when you return. Well, I mean, I am too, but I'm also really looking forward to going. So <laughs>
1: Right. It's been a while since you've uh, been out of the house it's for any length of time. It's been a
0: long time. This is... The longest we've been out of the house since, like, summer of 2019. So, um, pretty stoked about that.
1: And considering how much you guys always travel. It's
0: it's unusual for us, for sure.
1: Would 2020, based on your plans, would that have been, like, the longest or the most amount of
0: trips you'd taken in one year? No. It would have been the most continents we'd travel to in one year, had it worked out. That would have been cool. No, because when we did our Europe trip, we were gone for over a month straight. Plus, we did another little trip at the end of summer and all of our spring breaks and things like that. That year was crazy. That was definitely the one we did the most. I guess that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. This would have been close. It would have been the most Disney parks you'd ever been on in one trip. It definitely would have. Yes. (laughs) But that was not meant to be. Uh, Won't won't. California, Nevada it is. Perfect. Perfect. Well, Keith, thank you so much for recording with me. It's my pleasure, as always. Thank you. Absolutely. And um, we want to thank you guys. We'll see you again very soon on another very special episode of Alex P. Keaton is my friend. What would we do, baby, without us? What would we do, baby,
1: without us? And there ain't no nothing we can't love each other through. And what would we do, baby, without us?